You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Wednesday. Dan and the Dan, that's Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. Final day for shipping if you order something on danpatrick.com. This is the last day that you can order and that we can guarantee it will get there in time for the holidays. A lot of great gift ideas, a lot of great gift ideas there. And uh, go to danpatrick.com. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and also Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, and the nearly 400 cities around America carrying this award-nominated program. Uh, Steph Curry breaks the three-point record at Madison Square Garden last night. There were a lot of celebrities there. Uh, Pete Davidson was there. Spike Lee was there. You know, this felt like it was a an ideal situation. Reggie Miller was on the call. Ray Allen was there. Ray Allen, who was in the Spike Lee movie, He Got Game. And it's at Madison Square Garden. All of the great memories there with all of the great players. Everybody's had a moment, it feels like, at Madison Square Garden. And you start to look around and you go, okay, there's a lot of celebrities there. And then Paulie goes, Marv Albert's there. I said, I said Marv's not calling the game. Paulie goes, no, Marv is there watching the game. The great Marv Albert joining us on the program. So you went as a fan, Marv? Yes, I did, Dan. Thank you. I, I, my wife and I uh, wanted to see. Uh, we have made plans to come watch Golden State. Uh, we missed them in Brooklyn a couple weeks back. Uh, so uh, what, what a joyous moment that it was last night. And to see the Garden crowd respond. I, I knew they would. I knew they'd be rooting for Steph. Uh, but uh, it, it, was, it was just terrific, particularly with Ray Allen there and Reggie Miller there. It, it was a perfect setting. Is there somebody who is comparable, if we say greatest shooter of all time, is Steph Curry, in your opinion, the greatest shooter you've ever seen? I, I would say uh, yes. Uh, and he did it in a different way. I mean, Reggie is right with him. Uh, I think Ray Allen uh, is certainly there. Things were different. People were not shooting as many three-pointers at that time. Even in Reggie's day, uh, coach, the co- as Reggie had mentioned to me, I mean, the coach would be upset if you take too many. Steve Kerr wants Steph, even if he's missing, as he has recently. Uh, he's been in an unusual slump as of late, uh, for, for Steph, that is. But he says keep taking him. I, I know that when James Harden was uh, on fire with the Mike D'Antoni said keep taking threes. I mean, Mike had already said, hey, we're going to take 45, 50 threes a game uh, as a team, which sounded astounding, but they did. And uh, it's not always a successful way to win. I think the way the Warriors play and with uh, the type of players they have, the way they swing the ball so successfully, uh, it it is the way to go. And when Clay Thompson comes back, they are going to be so tough when you think, even though uh, Jordan Poole has played very well, but uh, with Clay and Steph and Draymond, uh, they are going to be incredible to watch. What do you think the game is like, though, in 10 years when it comes to three-point attempts? I I hope it doesn't get out of hand. I I, I think, you know, I think there'll be a lot of uh, many better three-point shooters because I think kids now are taking the deep shots 
influenced by what they're seeing. But if it's a circus atmosphere, uh, I, I think it would be out of hand. You, you, you don't want to see only threes being fired up. I, I would like to see more of a post game. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, passing centers and centers who can shoot threes effectively but not take too many uh, are, you know, would be interesting to watch. But uh, I, I hope it's not, a, you know, uh, I know the ABA when they – uh, started out with the three, which turns out, you know, influenced the NBA when there was the merger. I, I thought at times they would just be firing them up, and it wasn't taken seriously. But with uh, with Steph, any night he can just catch fire. And I think if Reggie played today or Ray Allen, uh, they would be very similar to Steph. But Steph is special because I mean he he can shoot from the logo and. Perhaps only Trey Young, out of uh, NBA players today, uh, would be successful doing it the same way. I think Trey eventually will uh, have a Steph Curry effect. But also, if you look back, though, Marv, in the history of the game, the player who would have benefited the most by having the green light to shoot as many threes as he wanted would be who? Well, the guys that come to mind who were hitting basically three points up, they counted for two, uh, were a couple of guys who played for the Knicks. Well, Jerry Lucas is one who also played for you know Cincinnati. Yeah. But uh, Dave DeBusher would have been an incredible three-point shooter. I don't think he would have shot as you know uh, a large amount of three-pointers, but he would have really been uh, uh, just a great. Uh, three-point shooter. Those are the, those are the two guys who I recall who. Uh, what about shoot Bird? Very deep. Larry Bird. Yeah, Bird. Well, Bird would would have shot more. Yeah, he would have been tremendous. But he was so good going to the basket. You know, when a big man does it, I think Steph had to create and get better and better at what he does because of the lack of size. Uh, although he trained so hard during this offseason and is in such excellent shape uh, that he actually does a, a, you know, a good job defensively, decently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, his whole game has, has to me, what's so wonderful about the way he plays is the joy and the joy of the garden, but not for the Knicks at the start of the game was just unbelievable to watch. It, it really was. Like, everybody was happy for, for him. But, you know, it, was so, it was so nice. We're talking to Marv Albert. Uh, so it had to be a little strange that you have this game, this moment, this atmosphere, and you're not calling that moment. It was probably the first – well, I, I've gone to games before when I was – uh, when I actually was broadcasting, you know, just uh, to see a team, you know, you, you would, might go to if they played the night before. Um, it, it wasn't that strange. It really, it really wasn't that strange to me. I was so I, I was so um, so much fun to be there to watch the game. Uh, it, it really, it really was not. Okay, how about I give you a chance to call it? It would have been a great game to call. No, no, just <laughs> no a moment, question. Marv. If I just say. You know, Wiggins to Curry. 
Oh, it would have been. No, a, no, you're supposed to make the call. I like I, I I'm letting. Oh, you're you're leading you're leading me. I see. Yes, okay. I'm giving you the assist. I'm John Stockton here. Okay. Okay. Let's do it again. Okay. okay. Right. Well, I shouldn't be saying Wiggins to Curry. Unless you want to be the color commentary, but uh, you know, no, that wouldn't work. No, that wouldn't. Okay. okay, all right. I'll all be right, the I'll be the color commentary, and then you. So mm-hmm. it, it it'll be Wiggins to Steph Curry. So I'll I'll let you okay. make the call. Okay. Hey, ready? All right. Okay. Are you gonna make the, you gonna make the crowd sound? Oh, guy. <laughs> all right, here's Wiggins to Curry. Excellent crowd noise. And you weren't really into it. You would have given me a more definitive yes. It's too early in the morning. Please. (laughs) Don't want to wake up the neighborhood. Yes. I, I scare my my pugs are sleeping. <laughs> oh, okay. We don't want to mess that up. Were you on the call when Maravich had sixty eight against the Knicks? No, I was. I was not. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, the biggest. Uh, let's see. At the Garden, I was on the Michael Jordan uh, call when he had the fifty five. That was uh, pretty incredible. Uh, and and Bernard King had huge games at the Garden. I was trying to think back. Uh, of course, Reggie had the uh, uh, eight points in in nine seconds. You know, so. But if you were going to like Reggie's eight in nine seconds, how do you explain it? it? So quick, you know. <laughs> it, it, it was also. Uh, uh, I didn't do that game. I was on another playoff game, as it turns out. But uh, that was phenomenal in that, uh, you know, that was so quick. It's not like, you know, a setup and a score. That, yeah. that, was, that was amazing, you know. We always tell him off, you know, on one of them, but uh, <laughs> he laughs anyway. Yeah. But it was so great seeing, you know, it was, uh, Reggie and I did the game in Boston when Ray Allen broke his record. And uh, I, I always I kidded him last night because in that game, uh, Ray's mom came over to our broadcast table and just hugged Reggie. You know, this is <laughs> during the broadcast. And I said, both uh, Ray, his mom, uh, and Steph's parents will come over and hug Reggie, but it didn't happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking for a hug of thoughts. Yeah. Uh, well, it's great to talk to you, Marv. And uh, thanks for joining us. As always, I'll let you go back to sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Dan. Happy holidays. Thank, thank you, you, buddy. Thank you. My best to your wife. That's uh, Marv Albert, the voice, the NBA. Yes. He he, he kind of went through the motions. He could have given me a little bit more. I guess you got to pay for that, right? A couple of phone calls here. Patrick in Texas. Hi, Patrick. What's on your mind today? Uh, hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Five seven one sixty five. Thank you. I got a question about the poll question, man. Um, it seems like you're blaming Steph Curry for the fact that youth basketball coaches don't have control of their players anymore. It's not his fault. These kids are jacking up threes from their hip when they're nine years old. Oh, no, I'm it's not blaming him. I'm just saying the effect of Steph Curry and what it's done to basketball. It's not Steph. Steph does it the right way. 
That's what I mean. It's the youth coaches that aren't telling these kids, hey, don't do that. I remember when I was playing, granted, it was a long time ago. When the coach said don't do that anymore, I've stopped doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, when they I threaten mean, you with much... playing time, Patrick, that's usually when I <laughs> – it's amazing when I stopped shooting uh, deep, you know, when yeah. my coach said, uh, get it inside or you're going to sit next to me. All right, I'll throw it, it also, inside. It also helps when you're a 5'4 white kid from the suburbs at a Catholic <laughs> school, but whatever. And just as a quick parting shot, after December 23rd, when the D- if the DP show were a Broadway production, what would it be called? No, no, Danette. Oh, oh okay. Well, okay. Eat it, Fritz. I got thank, that. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Eat it, Fritz. Wow. Instead of no, no, Nanette, the uh, no, no, Danette, as McLovin will depart on the uh, 23rd. Well done. Yes, McLovin. Who is the guy who invented big man shooting outside? Who changed the game that way? Because when I was in why are, high school. Why are you changing the topic so quickly there? <laughs> Oh, I actually don't know. No, no, Nanette. That's no. Wasn't that the uh, Broadway play that the owner of the Red Sox wanted to finance, so he sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees? That's correct. Oh, so no, no, Nanette. No, no, Danette. Because I was thinking, I I kind of analyze here for a sec that you're mad because they they didn't let everyone jack thirty foot shots when oh, you were young. Because that would have been amazing. I would have taken the high school three. I, I didn't need an NBA three. I mean, high school three? That's embarrassingly easy. When I was coming up, you were 6'5". You weren't allowed to shoot past the foul line. Yes. They said, go down low. Yes. Yes, Paulie. Yeah, according to uh, legend, it was claimed that former producer Harry Frazee, yeah. the owner of the Red Sox, financed no-no Nanette by selling baseball superstar Babe Ruth to the Yankees, resulting in the curse of the Bambino. Sunday night, Saints go to Tampa battling uh, Brady and the Buccaneers. The showdown, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Phil in Indiana. Hi, Phil. What's on your mind? Dan, it's always a great pleasure to be with you. I did want to comment, uh, it, it, you know, piggybacking on the, the previous caller. I, I coached D3 basketball, Dan, and currently coach high school basketball here in Indy. Um, the one thing I will tell you, Dan, is almost every offensive set that you have right now is that drive and kick, yeah. spread the floor. And so, I, I, look, basketball has changed. Whether we think a kid can hit a three or not, most of the sets that you run now, Dan, it's not what you and I ran, I can tell you that. And it's really designed to set up a, a, a long three, really. It, it, do you take a short two or do you take a, you know, a three? And so I think, you know, the offenses today, it's, whether it's college or high school, it's all designed now, Dan, for spread the floor, drive, kick, and, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, Always a pleasure. But, Have a but, great week, But, Phil, Phil, do you coach that? Are you okay if your kids, you know, somebody's going to put up 10 three-pointers? I do coach it because, Dan, what other sets can you really run? There's, I think Virginia runs that uh, they run kind of a, a deviation of a, of a high screen and roll with, with the, where they try to pump it down inside. But for the most part, Dan, almost every set you run now, is, yeah. it's designed – for spread the floor, dry kick, and yes, I do. I do coach it, whether I really want to or not. It's because Dan, all these kids that are playing AAU too, it's that's what they're running, and so that's what they're used to, and that's just every offensive set now. But always a pleasure, Dan. Keep up the great work, buddy. Thank you, Phil. Great to hear from you. Yeah, I get it. You know that you're you're running these sets, and but shooting a, a high school three is different. Because that's not a that's not a deep shot. If you look at the line, that's a jumper. When you start to venture out to over twenty two feet, try it one time. If you've never taken an NBA three, try it. 
it's going to take a little bit more effort. Let's put it that way. You can shoot a jumper from three-point range in high school. College, it becomes a little bit more uh, of an effort, but then you get to the NBA, and that's you got to be got to be a, a, a good shooter. Not change your form when you get out there. A lot of times, what happens when you have to get it up, you know, you're, you're then you're compromising your form. High school, you just shoot it. Not a big deal. Then you get out to college. You know, I'm wondering if college moves its moves the three point line a little bit deeper. But you're still not getting movement in basketball. And I don't know, you know, people say, well, what, what would happen if Shaq was playing now? Shaq could not shoot threes. I mean, he couldn't shoot free throws. I'm, I'm going to have him on the three-point line. I'm going to have him down low, and I'm going to say, Shaq, you're going to get the ball, and you're going to score 40 every night. Now you got to – somebody's going to do this. This is going to happen. Where you have to now, now you're going to dictate what the defense does. Now you have to guard me. Now I'm going to put you in foul trouble. Now I'm changing the game a little bit. Now you may shoot your threes, but I like my chances shooting my twos, and I'm going to shoot at probably 65%, 70% inside. And you're going to have, I mean, imagine if Kareem was playing now. Are you going to say to Kareem with the most unstoppable shot in the history of the game? Hey, you got to go out. Now, maybe growing up, he'd be like, no, I want to be on the perimeter like KD. I want to be like Porzingis. Maybe, but then I still think you're going to get the counterattack where somebody says, you deal with us. You got to guard us. Yeah, Paul. I was looking at a guy like Carl Anthony Towns from the Timberwolves. He's seven foot. He seems to have every inside move. He's very uh, agile down there. He, he attempts seven threes a game yeah, at Im- seven feet. Embiid, the same way. And Carl Anthony Towns is shooting 42% from three. I mean, he, he hits them. It's weird. All right, more on this, including the possible return of Kyrie Irving. That's next here on the Dan Patrick Show. When's the last time you seriously considered your dream? Now, something maybe you thought about. Maybe you thought about, how about the van life? Totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You tour around the country. 423 national park sites. Maybe build a mountain cabin. Maybe start your own business. Whatever your dream is, every Sprinter is an expertly engineered blank canvas. It can be customized, the perfect van for just about anything you want. Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about. So expect innovative safety features, crosswind assist, blind spot assist, active brake assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, five-star dealer network, and also available with the gas engine. And it's going to run like a dream because it's a Mercedes. So head to the Mercedes-Benz dealership today and take that test drive. Get that Sprinter van. Take it for a spin and tell them that your dream sent you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. 
Frank Isola covers the NBA. Nets studio host on Yes also has a radio show on Sirius XM, the starting lineup. You can see him on Around the Horn and Pardon the Interruption. Do you want to start with Kyrie Irving or do you want to start with Steph Curry, Frank? Well, you want to start with the good news or the bad news? It's up to you. You're, you're the host. All you, right. you tell me. All right. Let's go with Kyrie and get that out of the way. As okay. the uh, studio host for the Yes Network, you guys carry the nets. The topic or conversation uh, that the possibility of him coming back or maybe practicing on the road, playing on the road. So where, are, where do we stand with Kyrie is what I should have led with. Yeah, I mean, until he gets the shot, he's not going to be able to play in the games in New York. And the shot is basically worth $17 million from because he's making 34. If he plays in the home games, he gets paid for those games. He's getting paid for the road games, even though he's not playing. Kevin Durant was asked about it last night, about the report that there's renewed optimism that you've been talking to him, and he definitely did not. He didn't confirm it, but he certainly didn't deny it. The only thing that I would say, if you look at the last two games Kevin Durant has played, Dan, 51 points against Detroit. He played the first 22 minutes and 55 seconds of the second half, came out with a minute five to go after he scored points 50 and 51. Last night, they're playing four rookies. They're down to eight men. They go to overtime. He plays 48 minutes. He played the entire second half, all of overtime. If you're Kyrie Irving sitting on your couch, isn't there part of you that has to say, I came here. This guy wanted to come to New York, yeah. and we were going to play together. He's doing his thing at Barclays Center, and I've yet to play a game this season. It has to be sorted out. They came as a partnership, and thus far it's just Kevin Durant carrying this Brooklyn Nets team. Okay, but can you see a scenario where Kyrie doesn't play home games? You know what? That Remember, in Kyrie's defense, he did originally say, I'm willing to play, but I know I can only play in the road games. I was wondering, could they do something where he trains – with the G League team, which plays out on Long Island, there's not a mandate there. He can go play maybe in those games, and when they go on the road, have them join them because the minutes are going to start to catch up to Kevin Durant and James Harden. They both played a lot of minutes. They sat James Harden against Detroit. That was Steve Nash telling him, I'm not playing you. You need to rest. Harden was supposed to return last night because of COVID. He's now out, and now you have Kevin Durant logging even more minutes. What about trading, Kyrie? That's what. How can it not be in play? And I, th I think if you're the Brooklyn Nets, I'm sure they've had conversations with the Philadelphia 76ers about Ben Simmons. That seems to make a lot of sense. The only thing is with Kyrie Irving, no one is questioning the talent. But with Kyrie, there's always something. Last year, he ghosted the team for two weeks. He was unhappy in Cleveland. He was unhappy in Boston. Right now, it's a COVID situation. Regardless of how you feel about him not playing, the mandate, not getting the shot, whatever the case may be, my only issue with Kyrie, it's always something, including injuries as well. So that's why it might be tough for some teams to say, yeah, I'll give you a lot for that player when, let's face it, he could be a big question mark. How much credibility is there in the possibility of swapping Porzingis for Kyrie? I mean, I, I think the Brooklyn Nets would want a little bit more than that. You want to throw Jalen Brunson into the deal. Maybe that's something that the Nets would consider. You know, Porzingis has played really well the past couple of weeks, but he's another guy, and I covered him with the Knicks. The talent is there. He just isn't durable enough. They always say your best ability is availability. He hasn't been available enough throughout his career. We're talking to Frank Isola, the uh, Nets studio host, contributor to Pardon the Interruption and Around the Horn. At what point does Steph Curry get into the top 10 greatest players of all time? Who gets he, in he first, him or Durant? I, I would put Durant right now just because seven feet tall and could do what he does. But Steph has changed the game the way that it's played. You go to these AAU games and every little kid out there is shooting three-pointers. I just looked it up before. Pretty soon, he's going to have 
more three-point makes than his dad had attempts when he played. I think his father had like 3,093, something like 3,093 three-point attempts. Steph is going to have more three-point makes. The game is so radically different than it once was. And I get it. You know, we're treating it like it's, you know, the home run record, but it's really something, a phenomenon that's really happened in the last 10 years where the whole league has gone three-point crazy. But again, uh, he's won two MVPs, only unanimous choice in the history of the sport. He's a seven-time All-Star. He holds this record. He's a three-time NBA champion. He probably he easily could have won five. If Draymond doesn't get suspended for that game, if Kevin Durant doesn't get hurt and Clay Thompson against Toronto, I mean, the guy's career, it's, it's been incredible what he's been able to do. Yeah, I just wonder because one of these players is going to get into the top ten, it feels like. It's who are you taking out of the top ten? Yeah. Well, well, give me some. Obviously, Could Larry Bird be vulnerable to drop out because he had a shorter career. That That's a possibility. But a lot of people also tell you, look at Larry Bird at being what, six foot nine, essentially playing small forward. And he's playing at a time when the three point shot wasn't what it is today. And he certainly would have averaged a lot more points. He would have hit a lot more three-pointers he carry you know he's playing for the Boston Celtics and they had an ensemble cast there as well obviously what Steph Curry has in Golden State maybe being a finals MVP he hasn't won that yet maybe that's something but come on when he the year that Andre Iguodala won it into Andre Iguodala's credit he was (laughs) knocking down wide open shots but there was a reason he was open they were running multiple defenders at Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And there's Andre Iguodala saying, you know what? He was catching the ball, spinning it in his hands <laughs> like he was taking a free throw. Then he was shooting it. That's how open he was. Yeah, I wonder if Steph were to win another MVP and or another championship. So now, yeah. now you're in a different, you're in a different uh, stratosphere, it feels like. And that might slip you in. Does Jerry West stay in the top ten? Does Oscar stay in the top ten? Larry, uh, I, I know it's, it's, it's royalty. Uh, it's it's NBA yeah, royalty. Exactly. But that's why I, th- I think I I completely understand what you're saying. I think his step does get one more MVP, and I think right now I think it's he and Kevin Durant neck and neck. We're not even at Christmas yet, so obviously a lot of things can change. But if he gets another MVP right now, it looks like it's a two team race in the Western Conference between. Uh, Phoenix and Golden State. Clay Thompson's coming back. They always have the potential to make a move because they have so many young players. He wins one more title and one more MVP, maybe a finals MVP. Maybe he plays the Olympics finally and gets a gold medal. That kind of changes the conversation around Steph Curry, that's for sure. You know, this whole Lakers situation with Russell Westbrook, internal discussions about trading. Like, what does that mean? That they've sat around and go, hey, you think we should trade Russ? I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) That's an internal discussion because then some other team is probably having an internal discussion about the Lakers internal discussion. Uh, Do you think the Lakers are going to move on from Russ? I I think a lot of it will come down to what LeBron James wants. I think if you go back to the past couple of years, his uh, final season with Houston got off to a really slow start, played well last year in Washington, got off to an awful start, carried that team to the playoffs. So to give up on him now is a little early. I never liked the move to begin with because I think late in games, you want LeBron James to have the ball in your hands and just watch kind of the interaction between LeBron and Russell Westbrook, like LeBron's body language when it comes to (laughs) Russell Westbrook. I I almost feel as if LeBron's thinking, I have enough on my plate with Anthony Davis. Now you're giving me another guy that I kind of have to manage. It's a little too much for me. I'm still thinking about the game that they played against Milwaukee 
when LeBron wasn't there and Anthony Davis didn't want to guard Giannis. I, th- I think he said, I'll take Antetokounmpo, but it's going to be uh, Thanasis and not Giannis. And, that was the game- <laughs> and that's the game where Giannis went off. And you think to yourself, Anthony Davis, you're a top 76 player. Remember, it's not 75, it's 76. Take the best player on the other team. So at- LeBron's going to be 37 in, what, two weeks from now, yeah. and he still kind of does everything for the Lakers. It's incredible. Yeah, I understood the move. I didn't. I don't like Russell Westbrook's game. I like watching him, but I don't want him as yeah. my point guard. But it felt like they they had they viewed this as two seasons. You had the postseason, the regular season, and Russ was going to be the guy who did the dirty work. Like he was going to be your energy guy, your minutes guy, and you were going to you know, kind of load manage LeBron here. And then you were hoping Anthony Davis would step up and want to be, yeah. you know, the best player in the game. Well, I, I, I can't put all the blame on Russ. This is who no. he is and how he played. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers should have known that. I just, I'm surprised that Anthony Davis, like there's nobody who can really spark him. You know, if you put jumper cables on him, I don't know if the engine always starts. I, I, I agree. And I think, you know, the one thing about Westbrook, and you're 100% right about him. He plays a certain way. He's never really going to change. I wonder if the New York Knicks wouldn't be interested in Russell Westbrook because he's an alpha male. The Knicks kind of need that. They kind of need that guy that's really going to be lighting a fire under everybody. You know that he's always going to have the ball in his hands. He'll be the one attacking. I'm telling you right now, I would if they were thinking about trading him, I would have to think the Knicks with what's kind of going on with them right now, and they've certainly come back down to earth this season. I would not be shocked because, Dan, as you know, with the money that Russell Westbrook makes, it's not like you're going to have teams lining up to get him. I, I just wonder if the Knicks would be one of them. The Knicks love overpaying a guy late in his career, so this would probably fall in line with their game plan there. Yeah, remember, they took in Tracy McGrady the year you know, right before free agency. They had Steve Francis on their team, Baron Davis. The Knicks have <laughs> gone down. The, all those players will eventually end up on the Knicks. It's just like the final year of their career. Do celebrities go to the Nets games? There have been uh, this year. There have been some. Jay Z has been there. There's been there's been a couple. Absolutely, it's Kevin. Listen, doing those games, and you know this. We all know that Kevin Durant is a great player, but when you watch him all the time, it's ridiculous. He never makes the wrong play. If he gets double teamed, he passes the ball. His mid range game is off the charts. He takes the big shots. He defends. The guy's an absolute freak. And I couldn't help but know, but think last night. Here you have Steph Curry doing his thing in Madison Square Garden. A few miles away at Barclays Center, you got Kevin Durant playing 48 minutes, a 34-point triple-double. He left the Warriors and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to play for the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving. If you're Kyrie Irving, you, you got to get this thing sorted out. He's got to be out there playing. Kevin Durant is giving everything he has. He needs a little help now. Great to talk to you again, Frank. Thank you. Good seeing you, Dan. Happy holidays. Thank you, buddy. You too, Frank Isola. The uh, Net Studio host on Yes also has a uh, show on SiriusXM. The starting lineup also contributes to Around the Horn. Pardon the interruption. Yeah, the whole internal discussions with Russell Westbrook. Is anybody surprised? Like you, I know LeBron and AD met with Russ, and then they're like, and I kept saying, get Buddy healed. Like Buddy healed serves, you know, a role that you don't have. Plus, I think that they it's been underplayed that, you know, Caldwell Pope, they lose him. Caruso, they lose him. Like, those are good defenders there. Lakers aren't a good defensive team. Now, you might say, well, okay, so? Well, Golden State's one of the better defensive teams and one of the better offensive teams. And when it comes to late in the season, in the final, you got to stop people. And can you? You know, that comes down to a lot of times it's just effort. But I'm, I look at the Lakers, 
And I'm not going to put all the blame on Russ because this is who Russ is. Like, I, I, can't, I can't get a, a sports car and go, he doesn't get good mi- gas mileage. Like, you knew what you were getting. This is who Russ is. And, you know, would he be better served on a team that you don't care about winning? That you, you know, maybe... <laughs> Just the, I, I, know, I, know, but, I know, but you're... Like Washington, I don't know if they cared about winning, but he did play well. He plays hard. I just don't like the Knicks. Okay, you want to get him and you want to spark these younger guys. I don't. That's a lame looking roster with the Knicks, where you're just going, God. I couldn't imagine having season tickets to the Knicks, where you go, Yeah, can't wait to watch this. I mean, they had a fun moment last year. And I'm happy for Julius Randle. But I don't know if I want to go out and see that every game. Hell, I I watch the Sacramento Kings. I'm willing to watch any kind of basketball. I'll watch Orlando play. But man, you start to watch some of these games. But Russ is not, Russ can't change. It's not like he goes, you know, I'm going to be a jump shooter. No, 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 don't be a jump shooter. He should go to the hoop every single time. Every single time. Rebounder, good rebounder. Let him, you know, have that energy. And and LeBron's playing in too many minutes. Playing too many minutes right now. I mean, KD and LeBron are up there in the top five in minutes play. They're third and fourth. That should not be happening. A couple of phone calls. Billy in Toronto. Hi, Bill. What's on your mind today? Doing, Dan. I'm glad we got you up here, man. It's uh, just caught on to your show, and I love it. Uh, too bad uh, McLovin's leaving. Uh, I got to like him, and uh, oh. I know there's a guy there that that loves Hall and Oates, so uh, we got something in common. All right. uh, listen, Dan. Very simply put, I don't blame this on on Curry ruining basketball. I ruined it before that. Allen Iverson, Russell Westbrook, these guys that just dodge the ball, shoot the ball from anywhere. They're the guys that have killed the game. I mean, Curry, we learned from Curry when, uh, when they won the championship with, uh, with, with the guy from uh, New Jersey. He passed the ball. He'd just take the odd shot here and there. I don't know where the game has gone, Dan, where these guards think that, that they're shooting from anywhere. They can't shoot. Pass the ball, get, get the ball inside, get it to the base, and you can win a championship. But, I mean, as for Russell Westbrook, honest to God, I would fight with him if I played on the same team as this guy. I couldn't play with him. That's all I got, Dan. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. Thank you. We love being in Toronto. A good support up there. In fact, I think I'm uh, going to be on with the afternoon guys in Toronto today, Tom. You certainly are. Thank you, Tom. 425 Eastern time. 425 Eastern. Going to be up there. Uh, Sean in Sacramento, then we'll take a break. By the way, I'm not saying Steph ruined the game. It's just those who want to be like Steph make it. The imitators have, have made it really tough to watch basketball. I want Seton. I just love how you have to keep correcting. Oh, I know. I told you. No, no. See, wait. Now, that's not what I said, though. Okay? I know. I know. This, this, <laughs> and I said this at the beginning of the show. This is going to come back and haunt me here. I help ruin Sports Center. How about that? <laughs> Oberman and I help ruin Sports Center. Uh, hey, Sean, what's on your mind? Hey, man. Hey, my brother's behind the board. What's going on? Uh, 5'8, a very lustful 209. Whoa. Okay. 
So my take is, man, you got a whole bunch of get-off-my-lawn callers right now, man. I also <laughs> coach youth sports. I got a son that's 16 and a son that's 12. And nothing warms my heart more than seeing a four-foot-nothing kid, 50 pounds, soaking wet, walk down past the half-court line and jack up a three and splash and shimmy all the way back. Man, that, that, that's heartwarming. I blame the coaches for not showing them the tape of Steph every single time before he catches that pass, all the times he's coming off screens, all the, all the screens that he's having to battle through, all the times he's in motion. That's what the coaches need to be teaching their kids. And I think we're all kind of missing something here, man. Steph isn't the first to do it like the last caller just said. But I, I, I kind of remember the murderer from Greater Montgomery County, the driller from Dayton, the golden boy doing this way before anybody was talking about <laughs> Steph. So anybody giving Steph credit, yeah. suck it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm from Mason, not Mon- Montgomery. But that's, that's okay. And, uh, you know, I, I will always defend... Steph. Love Steph. Tried to tell the Timberwolves, take him. They wouldn't listen to me. But, you know, it's you hit one shot. All you have to do is hit one three, and then you think you're a three-point shooter. That's part of the problem there. Now, there are great shooters. But for every great shooter, there's ten that shouldn't be shooting those shots. And it just makes it a tough watch. Like, I... I know that I, I'm the get-off-my-lawn guy now. You know, baseball, there's no movement. Basketball, there's no movement. Uh, you know, football be- is becoming one-dimensional. I got, that, those are the things I just worry about as, as a fan. You know, baseball is a beautiful game, but it's it not anymore. Basketball, there's no movement there. And that's a shame because there are guys who made their careers moving without the ball. Reggie Miller did. John Havlicek did. Ray Allen did. Rip Hamilton. Like, they moved. There was constant movement. Five guys, not, all right, I'm going to drive and kick. Drive and kick. And that's it. So, the aesthetics, yes, it does bother me. All right, I will shut up, get off my soapbox, and you can stay on my lawn if you want to. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Final results of the poll question, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow, this day in sports history. Today's newsletter features behind-the-scenes footage from Paulie's Motley Crew calendar shoot. If you're not already, this is Nipplegate. Yeah, this would be the uh, first nipple. Uh, I also had nipple with the, uh, the Michael Phelps suit. A lot oh, of nipple this year. Okay. If you're not already signed up, go to danpatrick.com, enter in your email in the box that pops out. Bottom right-hand corner, Calendar behind-the-scenes footage can only be found in our newsletter. And uh, we have some great ones coming up. We have our uh, recreation of the Phoebe Cates scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Seton's Nirvana shoot. <laughs> they have gotten a little carried away. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> I don't know what the theme's going to be for the calendar next year. Movie posters? Ooh. Ooh. All right. All right. How about more clothes? Whoa. <laughs> We're going to be wearing more clothes. Okay, if you could recreate a movie scene, what would it be? Now, McLovin won't be here. That means that we get three months, three pictures. Yes. Instead of uh, you know divvying that up with McLovin getting two of those. Um, First one that jumps into my head is that scene in Jaws when they're sitting around the uh, table comparing scars, and then they start singing. Uh, <laughs> that's the one that I would want to do. <laughs> so, so of all the movies, that's the one you want to recreate. First one that popped in okay. my head. Okay. Yes, Todd? I like the scene in Carrie with Sissy Spacek when the Ooh, pink blood comes all over I like prom. That. I like that. <laughs> that's a good one. Very disturbing. I didn't know we recreated the Phoebe Cage scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, again, we might have gotten a little carried away. Yeah. I, Mario gave me this and said we were doing album covers. Fast Times at Ridgemont High was a movie. Sort of impromptu. Is that what it was? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is there... It's, it's not part of the calendar? No. Oh! This is exclusive content oh, just to the newsletter, Dan. Okay. All right, Seton. Thank you. Yes, Paul. Maybe we were just in here after work watching that scene over and over oh, like we usually gosh. do. Yeah. Moving in stereo. Yes, McLovin. Can I suggest one, even though I'm not going to be part of it, that yeah. I think I'd like to see you guys do? All right. Uh, the scene where Joe Pesci says, am I a clown to Goodfellas? <laughs> Dress up in like those 70s New Jersey outfits. Yeah. But it's a little tougher because you're trying to get a movie scene Whereas an album cover, I mean, those are iconic. That that when you see Fritzy doing his Billy Joel impersonation, or I'm doing David Bowie's Aladdin Sane, uh, Seton's doing Nirvana. Like we all know those photos. It's just trying to get, like you know, movies aren't you know in photos. That's the hard part. Yeah, Seton. This is the uh, going back to you never seeing Goodfellows. Goodfellows. Because uh, yeah, that's that's a hell of a scene. Yeah. No, I, I I'm aware of the scene. Yes, McLaughlin. It's got to be like a period or a costume piece, so you can identify it based yeah. on what they're dressed like. Yeah. yeah. Get a little pride and prejudice going, Andrew. <laughs> now, McLovin's not going to be yeah, here. Yeah, that's okay. too bad. That would have been right out of Boogie Nights. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Well, I thought you were going less nudity, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, nudity sells. We know that. Get Todd on some roller skates. Ooh. All set. <laughs> you're going to... I'm going to need a hand. I'm going to need a hand boy. here. You're I'm going to need a hand to hold. Roller boy. Yeah. Roller boy. Roller <laughs> boy. <laughs> Get the short shorts going. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie. Oh, hold on. I got a bunch. Um, ooh, the third Madison Square Garden was opened with a game between the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Americans in 1925. Mm -hmm. 1966, the New Orleans Saints became the 16th NFL franchise. Mm -hmm. 1982, Paul Bear Bryant announced his retirement from Alabama. And uh, that's it. Well, it was on this day in 2002, Carson Palmer was awarded the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> I, I'm thankful that he, he has that Heisman Trophy still. Because it was, it was in serious doubt. Oh, what did we learn on the program? Todd, I'll start. By the way, keep an eye on this story. The number one high school football player in America may go to Jackson State to play for Deion Sanders. Number one player may go play for Jackson State. Todd, what'd you learn? Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time, but he's effectively ruined the game of basketball. No, well, perhaps it's the imitators. No, that he are. hasn't. Uh, the imitators. Damn. 
What did I learn? Marv Albert didn't give us a more emphatic rendition of Steph Curry's record-breaking three. His pugs were still asleep. Oh, they say good things come to those who wait. 2021 Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. Take a test drive. Go to your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for the support, emails, tweets. We'll talk to you tomorrow here at Dan Patrick Show. One more item. We close out this show. M Drive. If you want to achieve your health and fitness goals, you got to put in the work and you got to do it every day. So what do you do to support your daily workout? How about M Drive? The supplement for driven guys with no plans to slow down, even as they get a little bit older. M Drive's special blend of clinically tested herbs and vitamins, all kinds of good stuff supporting your body's natural testosterone production, giving you the energy, strength, and mental boost you need to compete every single day. You can pick up M-Drive at Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Vitamin Shop, or go to mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. M-Drive doesn't contain testosterone. Instead, helps your body maintain its natural testosterone production so you have the strength, energy, and focus to compete day in and day out. M-Drive's not for everyone. It's for the driven. Visit mdrivedan.com for healthy tea support, strength, and energy you need to fuel your daily drive. So don't let age beat you. Visit mdrivedan.com.